I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, listen, we had a short break in our series over the past couple of weeks with some really great guests, but today we're picking up where we left off. So good to have you back, honey. I mean, well, I get I was, lonely. I mean, I, I have some great guests on, but it's not the same without you. Well, I was there so for the intros. Back. You were. I mean, but but you're back for the whole thing. For the whole thing. It's, this is great. It's you and I. Yeah. Is that you and me or you no, and I? No, no, I don't no, know. No, no, I'm no, not. It doesn't matter. Anyways, we are picking up where we left off in our For Better or For Kids mini-series. So today, specifically, we're going to be talking about parenting together, not separately. So it's not something that I just do or you just do, but it's something Something we do do together. So parenting together. Um, And, oh my word. Well, who wants to start the story? Because we have a really funny story. (laughs) I cannot wait to tell you guys this story. Honey. Well, we tell the story in our book for better for kids. I don't remember what chapter it is, but I, well, I, it must be from from the chapter that we talked about parenting together. Yeah. Um, but I had a favorite pair of uh, they weren't khakis, but they were like Gap. Okay, hold on. How many years pants, ago? Uh, when I was in college, and so yeah. I, st- I mean, I I bought them probably early in in my time at Moody because you couldn't wear blue jeans back then, and they were just the perfect fit. I mean, I I, I loved them. They were great. They were they were kind of okay. this charcoal gray. And so I had them for a number of years, mm-hmm. and and it was um, back in I don't remember what year that was. It w- would have been like 2011, maybe. So you're talking about what is that? Like 11 years after Moody? I mean, I'd had them for a decade, for a long time. You had them for and a long time. Your favorite? They were great. Khakis. They were always true mm-hmm. to me, and they never let me down. And so <laughs> I remember we were we were candidating. I was candidating for a senior pastor position at New Hope Community Church in Bryan, Ohio, and it was like kind of the final interview. And we were going to one of the elders um, to, to his house. Okay, and this was like your first senior pastor position. Yeah. Like you had been a youth pastor and a teaching pastor, and this was a pretty large church. You it were was going... time to break out the gray pants is what, <laughs> is, what I'm, is what we're saying. And so we drove, you know, from Toledo, it was about an hour uh, to Brian. We drove out there, and it was, um, it was basically a night where we were going to be spending several hours with uh, the staff and some of the key leaders. I mean, there were probably 75, 80 people there. It was there. intense. It was a big it was deal. Intense. It was pretty stressful. But I remember we, we got out of the car and we were walking up the front driveway and I had just taken a step, uh, you know, I just no, stepped no. under their front porch. No, no, you can't and, go. You've already gone I'll too let far you, in the I'll story. let you take let it me, from here. I have to back it up I, a little bit. Because it doesn't look like I have a choice. <laughs> We get out of the car. The sidewalk is like really skinny. So I have to walk directly behind him. So he is walking in front of me. Like a boss, really, with great confidence. (laughs) And as he's walking, every time he takes a step, I see this flash of white by his bottom. I don't know how else to say this, honey. I guess we're going there. Okay. And I keep seeing this flash of white. He's, keep in mind, you know, he's wearing these charcoal gray pants and I keep seeing this flash of white. I can't, you know, he's walking, so I can't catch, I don't know what's happening except for when he finally, he steps up onto the front porch and we stop. I look down and there is this huge (laughs) rip in the back of his pants. Like, it was very like where noticeable. the pocket, you know, it was it was a, a vulnerable scene, if you will. <laughs> 
this and all I could do, literally, the door is opening and I yeah, I just knocked on the door, rang the doorbell. Yeah, and I lean up just he's much you're much taller than me, but so I lean up as much as I can a little bit and I just said, You have a large hole in the back of your pants. (laughs) And then we're like, Oh hi you know, it's like all yeah, it all happened sort of in one moment there. And so we had to pretend like this was not happening and we didn't even know these people. It you know, it just But I just remember then I think I broke out no call. I mean I was already nervous and then when you tell me I have a hole in my pants, um, it, it went from like a seven to a fourteen. And so I just remember then the rest of the you know, we were there um, you know, for several hours and had had dinner there. Oh my god. But word. I remember just yeah, for the next couple hours it was like I did everything I possibly could to keep my back against a wall. Uh there were times where you were intentionally trying to stay, you know, um in front of me or behind, or behind me what what is that well, um, and so you were trying to I cover was, where I was I was I was trying to direct your where you stood and just <laughs> I don't know it was All that to say I don't think anybody else that was there that evening know. if we took a poll today they would have no idea what we're talking well, it, about, uh, which it, means we we accomplish what. And they and they ended up hiring me. They that, did, that's but the like thing. you, here's the thing: you couldn't just go in and sit down because it was like everybody was standing. Yeah, it was and a meet and greet, and, and so yeah, there was no room for that. There was so. relief eventually when you could sit down, <laughs> but oh my goodness. Anyways, I've recovered. <laughs> I worked through that with my counselor, and I'm fine. I it was a great experience being uh, being there, and so um, and there is a point to this. There is a point to that, and yes. I think you know as we we talk about in the book. I mean, when kids come along. They really do have a way of exposing those weaknesses that we have. And, and parenting together is an awful lot like, you know, what, what we were experiencing that night, that we have to work together, protect one another, um, it, all in an attempt to, to really uh, strengthen one another where, where we're exposed. Yeah. And if, if you don't remember, For Better For Kids is all about that vow to what we call the missing vow, which is the vow to love your spouse with kids in the house. And, you know, when we have kids in the house that it just requires so much working together and like covering for one another, kind of just <laughs> like that party. <laughs> you did great, by the way. You were a pro. So, yeah, you know, I, I think. You know, it takes two to bring children into the world, and it, it takes two to bring them up in the world. Right. And so th- there is, there's such a challenge that, that comes along as you move from married to married with kids. Mm-hmm. It's so important that, that, a, that a mom and a dad are working together, that they're, that they're not parenting separately. Mm-hmm. And we also understand that, you know, again, we're, we're talking about parenting together. We know that there are, are likely listeners that um, are single parents yeah. and, and just how challenging that is. And so we know that everybody's situation is a bit different and unique. And, um, and again, I think in those situations, as hard as that is, you know, looking for those that are around you, whether that's another family member, a grandparent, a parent that can come alongside and, and help support or mm-hmm. your own church family. But it's so important that we don't try, whether we're a single parent or whether um, it's a mom and dad, that we don't parent um, alone. Yeah. And so we need to do this together. And we're going to talk about that um, in just a little bit, mm-hmm. just that biblical vision of how God calls, um, you know, us to parenting together, that it's not something you do, it's something we do. Yeah. So this might seem obvious, but I think it is helpful to just understand what it looks like when we're not parenting together. And like I said, it might be somewhat obvious. I know there's people that are probably like, I get that. That's how I feel right now. I feel like I think there's a lot. I think especially for guys, I'm just going to, because I'm a guy, I'll I'll beat up on the guys for a second um, and just say, well, and statistically, it's not just you saying that. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the research, even when both mom and dad are working outside of the home, 
um, you know, the research would suggest that, that the mom's still doing more work um, mm-hmm. in parenting and in housework. And so, um, but yeah, just even my own experience that it, you know, it just seems like sometimes that's a perspective shift for guys that guys, I think, tend to struggle with that more. Mm-hmm. They tend to look at, at um, you know, their, what they're doing in terms of their work. And then they, they tend to just put that whole responsibility or a lot more of the responsibility of parenting on, on their wife. Well, and sometimes and, they um, just might not feel, they might not even feel equipped or, or they might, Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. So what does it look like then if we're not parenting together? Well, I think, you know, first of all, it, it's that. I think, you know, not parenting together, sometimes where there's just a division right, on, right. on that perspective or that attitude that, hey, this is something you should be doing and not me. Um, I think our past plays a huge part um, mm. in just not parenting together. So you just think about, um, you know, everything we bring into marriage, our, our own experiences, our own wounds, our own examples that we had. I mean, we, we bring all of that into the present as a married couple and then as a family. And so based on what we witnessed or experienced, uh, that can be really good and beautiful, but that can also be really kind of broken and Mm -hmm. and dysfunctional or unbiblical. And so I think our past can really have a huge impact on whether we're parenting together or not. Mm -hmm. And I, the one that comes to my mind is I can think of um, certain couples who it seems, well, and I feel like this is like a universal struggle with a lot of couples like one one parent like the husband is maybe the disciplinarian and the wife is more permissive or vice versa and that is there's such a struggle that comes when that's the situation kids figure that out pretty quickly they know who to come to and ask that's true um, i know growing up you know my mom was the disciplinarian you know my dad we we you know Mm. you know he's we we called him gentle gene the tender machine you know he didn't get you could have run over his foot with a car and he wouldn't have got mad at you. And so he's just very tenderhearted. And, yeah. and, um, and, but yeah, in every, I think almost in every relationship, you tend to see one, um, you know, the mom or the dad, you know, there's a difference there. So one of them is usually more the disciplinarian and one is more permissive. And so um, mm-hmm. we're going to come back to that in a little bit. But that can be a huge source of not parenting together. And then I know we talk about celebrating some of those differences. You know, I think you want to read those on, uh, and I think on page 75 um, in our book, we, we talk about how you know, not all differences are necessarily bad, that, that some of those are actually really, really good. They're, they're really healthy. And so, you know, in our, in our book, For Better for Kids, um, on page 75, we, we kind of talk about how couples can look at those differences that, that they have and actually see the good in those. And mm. so you want to you want to read well, a couple I'll just, of those or the I'll just read. I think this I think this kind of sums it up nicely. Um, these questions, in what areas of parenting are you each strongest and how can you use that strength to help your spouse? I and think so instead of being a source of conflict, right. it can be a great opportunity to say, you know, you're really strong in that area. I'm not so much. And, and instead of looking at it, at it like, oh, this is my weakness and I can't do this. And then, you know, I just need to get better at it, which of course we do, but like actually relying on your spouse for what they're strong in. Right. Absolutely. It's like all the times that I'm like, oh, go talk to your dad about it. <laughs> Is that what's going on behind the scene? Now I know. Because I just send them back to you. No. It's like a, like a ping pong match. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Totally. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I just think it's really healthy to, to really talk about foundationally what the Bible has to say on parenting together, because, you know, of course we, this is the most important thing. And I think this really gives us a healthy perspective and view and starting place when we're talking about parenting together. I think there's some, some really foundational passages. And again, is, is, um, we're going to talk about 
um, that there's a lot of soft edges too when it comes mm. to like just our roles and responsibilities within family. And so you, you, you have, I think, some, some freedom, you know, as a, as a mom and dad to figure out based on your experiences, based on your gifts, you know, your strengths, like who should do what um, right. when, it, when it comes to parenting together. And so I think that's really important. We don't want to become, um, you know, overly rigid uh, and legalistic in terms mm-hmm. of like, you can only do this, or you can only do that. And so I think there, there are some so- soft edges when we're thinking about parenting together. But, but I want to read just a couple key passages for us. This is a verse, a passage that we've read before. Um, but Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9, again, um, we, we see God uh, speaking through Moses to the Israelites, to God's people. And he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, there's a lot in yeah. that passage we can talk about. The, but the point is, is that clearly parents are called to be the primary spiritual influence in a child's life. Mm. It's not the church. It's not a student ministry. It's not the school they go to. But a mom and dad are called to be the primary spiritual influence. They're, they're to be the first representative of who God is mm-hmm. um, and to shape their kids spiritually in a very relational way. You know, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20 um, we read, my son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Mm. And so here the writer of Proverbs is calling um, children to, to listen both to their mom and their dad, that both the mom and the dad have a spiritual responsibility to be teachers and shapers in the, in the home. Mm-hmm. You know, Ephesians 6 verse 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children and spe- instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Um, mm. Again, a, a great call for men to be spiritual leaders in the home. Um and to shape their kids, to love their kids, to model Jesus to them, uh, to be teachers of God's word and God's ways. Um, I, you know, we've talked about this for one, one more, um, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 5. I think this is so important because as we think about the single mom out there, mm. uh, or even the single dad, um, or there are situations where mom and dad aren't in the picture and there's a grandparent, yeah, uh, maybe, or another family member. And I love this story. I know we've talked about this before, but the story of Timothy's mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most Bible commentators would say that, that Timothy's dad was not a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so really it was, it was Timothy's grandmother and mom who were the ones that, that shaped him, that taught him, um, and really paved the way for him to receive the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we read, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. This is Timothy talking, or uh, Paul writing to Timothy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. Mm. And so just a, a, a great reminder that God works in all different situations. But again, mm-hmm. here's a single mom who, well, it's not a single mom, she's married, but she's really doing the work of, um, of godly parenting by herself. Mm-hmm. But she also has the support, not of her husband, but of another family member, mm. um, her mom or, or Timothy's grandmother. And I think that's such a good point because I, I mean, I can't even, I mean, we've, we've heard so many times from a mom who feels like they're parenting or trying to raise their kids spiritually on their own and the dad's not coming to church. Um, And we've also seen the opposite where it's the dad and not the mom. And so I think that this isn't, you know, this is somebody who's actually, it's not only if you're divorced or, you know, if you're a single mom, but maybe you are married, but the parent, the other parent is kind of out of the picture spiritually. Well, I think, you know, we need to remember too that, that, even even in a situation where mom and dad are present 
and actively engaged and doing all the things that we're talking about, you're still not called a parent alone, that, that God has right. placed and called our biological family um, to do life within the family of God, the church. Mm-hmm. And so that the most common metaphor for the church in the New Testament is family. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a reminder that, that even in those situations where mom and dad are doing what we're talking about and both are present, both are engaged in discipling their kids, teaching their kids, they're parenting together, um, we still shouldn't parent alone, that we need the help right. of our local church. We need to be actively engaged in our local church. We need um, other people um, in our life that, that we maybe intentionally ask, and we, we've done that with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another couple uh, as godparents that, that we have reached out to, and they are investing in our kids. Mm-hmm. We, we actually um, sat down with them and asked them. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's incredible. Honey, don't get emotional. I don't get emotional. I stopped crying. I gave it up for Lent. I'm I'm early this year. Way early. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So anyways, I think as we think about parenting, Mm -hmm. um, you know, together, it it means certainly as as a mom and a dad, but also within the context of the local church. That's so important. I don't want to miss that. Right. Um, That's a really, really great point. So as we're kind of talking about this, I love that you talked about the soft edges because I listen we all want a formula. Like, tell me, at least I do. Like, tell me exactly what to do and how I'm sure that this is all going to work out. And that just isn't the reality of our lives. And that isn't the reality of parenting at all. Um, and that's why there's soft edges. It's working together. It's it's following what the Bible says, doing our best to be real in front of our kids as we follow Christ. I think that our example is the greatest example we can give them. Um, and so I love that you brought up this, brought up the soft edges, because I think that is so, so important for us to remember. Um, so let's get a start to get practical here. Um, we have a couple different things we want to talk about, but as we get practical, we thought it would be helpful to share with you some questions that you can be asking um, as a couple to help you work together. And again, this is in our book, For Better or For Kids, on page 81, um, but I wanted to share those with you. And I'll just, I won't share them all, but a few of them. In what area of parenting do each of you most need your spouse's help right now? What would be most helpful for your spouse to start doing? What would be most helpful for your spouse to stop doing? Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> Honey, maybe we should go through these I, questions you know, tonight. I, I, this, I, we wrote I'm this busy. book I a few years ago. Tonight. I'm mowing the yard tonight. Honey, we are going through these questions tonight. <laughs> I just figured out what we're doing tonight. And then when I get done mowing the grass, I'm going to do some laundry. <laughs> I can't tonight. Maybe oh, tomorrow. Oh my goodness. As it now oh actually as it relates to household duties, where could each of you use your spouse's help most oh, right boy. now? Who wrote that book? <laughs> I must have been having a good day. Yeah. Anyways, there's there's a whole <laughs> list of questions here that honestly, listen, the, it's the expectations that get to us most of the time, right? When we haven't actually talked it out. Yeah. So these are really important. As you talk about how can we share responsibilities and work together, This is the, here's a list of questions that you can ask and go through yeah, together. Yeah, I just think it's so, like, I, I think sometimes we go into marriage thinking, well, if I, if I give 50%, you give 50%, we're okay. Right. And the reality is, is that in a Christ-centered marriage, like, I give 100%, you give 100%. Um, I mean, that's right. I would I wish I could say that I do that all the time. You know what I mean? That, that's no, the perspective no. we need yeah. to have. I think a lot of times we wrongly go into marriage thinking, well, I'm just doing X, Y, and Z, and you're doing mm-hmm. this. 
and you know, I'm giving my half, you give your half. And the reality is, is that we're called to lay down our life, you know, for one another. And so, you know, we, we come in um, to marriage and especially then to parenting. Mm. Uh, we need to with that attitude that, that yeah. Christ, um, you know, has called us to lay down our life. And we really need to do that as we're thinking about these different responsibilities mm-hmm. and all the work that's required. It's, it's stressful. It's a lot of work and it, it's an, an incredible joy. But we really need to have that perspective that mm-hmm. we're, we're going to lay down our life. And it's not about who's doing what. Um, it's just about. Um, loving each other like, yeah. like Christ loved the church. Um, yeah, but- and we talked about, you know, those questions, obviously, that you can go through, but I know it's still like, how do we actually live this out? At least if you're anything like me, that's what I would be asking. Like, so what does this really look like? Like the whole picture. And so we thought that it would be helpful to just share with you some practical steps that you can take as a couple to actually walk this out, to actually live this out. Yeah, you're so good with life. the practical stuff, honey. That's what I've missed over. When I do podcasts by myself, I get to the practical and I just feel so Oh, honey, that lost. is not true. <laughs> That's not true. Anyway, I think one of the first things that a couple has to do is they have to if they're going to parent together, they have to have the same vision. Mm. And so I would encourage any couple that's that, you know, where there's maybe a little bit of division right now or or conflict is that do you share the same vision for what you're trying to accomplish Mm, with your kids? And again, going back to what we read, Deuteronomy, um, you know, the the vision ought to be first and foremost that, that we're discipling our kids that we've been called. Uh, to raise up disciples, followers of mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, and there's a lot of competing visions uh, in, in our culture today. Uh, you know, you have the star athlete or the cultured student. Um, you know, there, there's all sorts of things that I think parents are trying to produce mm-hmm. that are that are worldly visions and not biblical visions. And mm-hmm. I think we need to remember, a couple needs to remember first and foremost, that we're called to raise disciples. Right. And that's our primary vision. That ought to be our primary vision. We have to agree on that, that that's what we're after, is um, really spiritually shaping our kids so that when we release them into the world, um, by God's grace, they they grow up to, mm-hmm. to love Jesus and follow him and serve him. Mm-hmm. And what I love, um, and I talk about this a lot, not just in parenting, but in all different areas of life, when we have a vision that informs our priorities. So when we have a vision and we know what's important to us, then we can establish priorities. And so that would be the next practical step is to establish priorities. Yeah, I think those priorities can look like, and we've talked about, you know, guarding the meal time and just how important that that is especially when your kids are young mm-hmm. um you know we've we've practiced over the years you know just family devotional time i mean all of that if you have the same vision mm-hmm. it really affects then those priorities and it helps you to know as we were talking about uh, recently in, a, in an episode what to say yes to and what to say no to right and so if you've got a different vision for your kids to be the star athlete, that's going to affect your priorities in Mm -hmm. terms of what you're getting them involved in or allowing them to be involved in all throughout the year. And so establish the same, the same vision, number one, establish uh, priorities that are consistent with that vision. And I think really, you know, again, practically is, you know, number three would be guarding against division, Mm -hmm. um, I think is so important. And what I think we mean by that is that you learn to make decisions together. Yeah. Um, you can, kids are like, they, they must have like former training before they come out of the womb of like how to like conquer and divide (laughs) or divide and conquer I'm sorry you know what I mean like I think kids you know we were talking about that permissive and disciplinarian like Mm -hmm. kids they sniff that out pretty quickly (laughs) and so I think you know I think just super practical I think I think just learning to to talk through things together right if a child comes to you right asks about for example, spending the night at somebody's house. Mm-hmm. Why are you giving me the look right now? I feel like I'm <laughs> feel like I'm under the something. I but. feel like I'm always like, honey, 
we haven't talked about this I yet. I know. In my old age, I'm getting more permissive. I used <laughs> to be the disciplinarian in the family. I feel like now I'm like, you know, yeah, but, go for it. No, but that really, great. most of the time, we're, we actually, most of the time are really good at this. And I think that, that um, and honestly, the times we aren't good at it, I'll, every time I'm like, honey, why did you can't? It's usually like, around my bedtime. I'm well, vulnerable. <laughs> You know, but it's weak. like, but then it causes division. It, it really does. And we, not, not like it causes a big fight, but I, it is irritating. It's like, wait a minute, we have this on our schedule or we, you know, like if you didn't talk yeah, if it you're not through, talking through it together. can and cause. I think it's okay to tell a child when they come and ask something to say, you know what, mom and dad need to talk about that. Right. And we'll get back to you tomorrow. We'll get back to you later tonight. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, there, there's an all, all sorts of ways we could apply that, that principle of, of talking through or making decisions together. Mm-hmm. I'm learning to do that a little better. No, I'm sorry, honey. honey I'm just... <laughs> I'm just kidding, Kali. <laughs> oh boy! Any, any. Well, how about um, this this last one? And this is a. I think this is a really, this is a really important one. I think this is one that parents. You know, we've we've gone so far. It used to be, you know, back in the day. You know, it was like the 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 parent. You know, generation. You know, in every generation, you have sort of different. Um, you know, kind of what's the what's the word? I don't um, know. You know, a different dynamic, relational yes. dynamic, mm-hmm. and we've we've. We're in a, I think, an environment where it's like every parent wants to be like their best buddy with their child. Right. And yeah. there's something about, of course, having a, have a loving, nurturing relationship. Mm-hmm. But if we go too far, then then we miss that, that God's also called us as parents to be an authority in the home. Mm. And, and so we have to remember that, that we're the parent. Yeah. Um, and so I think you that's really, really important because, again, it goes back to what we talked about before. That you can fall into a child-centered marriage, child-centered family and, and parents need to remember that, that God has called them um, to a place of spiritual authority mm-hmm. in the home and, um, and that that belongs to mom and dad, mm-hmm. not, not to the child and, and not in a, in a, um, you know, authoritarian, when, you know, there's, there's a, obviously that can get abused. Right. Um, well, it's not in a, in a mean way. It's actually because you love them. Right. And I think there's this feeling like if I tell them, no, they won't like me as a parent. Or I, I think most recently what I've noticed a lot if your kids is pa- never is, dislike you you're probably being a bad parent well well I think what I've noticed most recently in the area of like phones and media and social media and all of that is parents feel helpless I don't know what to do right. and it's almost like they've have forgotten that they're the parent. Right. You can say no. You can say just no, because you, their yeah. friends are doing it or just because their friends have this or do that doesn't mean that they have to. And so I think that's a just a really practical example of what even today feels yeah. kind of hard to handle because it's all new to us. Um, but remember, you're the parent. Yep. You have the authority and it's out of love that you want to parent and discipline and disciple and lead and guide. So, and you're, and you're parenting with a long view in mind, right? There's going right. to be those moments, those weeks, or you feel like, boy, yeah, the kids aren't going to understand this. Right. Um, I, I love this quote by, maybe we can end with this, but mm-hmm. from Charles Spurgeon uh, that, that relates to this. He says, if we never have headaches through, through rebuking or disciplining uh, our little children, we will have plenty of heartaches when they grow up. And I think that's such a great reminder that, that yeah, there are those moments where um, parenting can, can be a headache, can be a challenge, um, but we need those. Otherwise, when our kids grow up, we're going to have plenty of, mm-hmm. plenty of heartache. Well, and I, th- I think, you know, when you read that quote, I was thinking of how discipling and teaching and guiding and disciplining, like the opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with your child 
and say, listen, you know, this is not okay. Or, you know, like that, there's something, of course, they might not be happy right right then. Um, But I really, we've seen over and over again, the Lord used that in their life, you know, and they come back and they say, "Uh," you know, they get it. Um, so even if in that moment they don't, they know that when we don't allow them to do things or when we have to have a conversation with them because they've done something that's not right, they know, they know now they've seen it long enough. They know now that we, and we've said it many times that we are, that's coming from a place of love. And I think that that's what you're saying is so important because it's, it's the, the parents that have all of the rules and no relationship Mm, that you see rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that you need both of those not that that's a guarantee. I mean, kids are right. going to grow up and they're going to make their own choices right. and you mm-hmm. can parent and do all of the right things and still have a child who, who walks away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's so important for us that, that as we establish those rules and we're training and we're disciplining, we're preparing them for mm-hmm. the flourishing life that, that Jesus wants yeah. for them. It's done in the context of, of a loving relationship and you can't take the relationship out of that. Um, you've got to have relationship and rules. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a much greater chance by God's grace to see kids really respond in a God-honoring way. And that's something we've got to do do together. Uh, we've yeah. got to parent together in that way. And I think it's so important for a mom and dad to be on the same page um, and to be working together, praying for one another, encouraging one another. And um, and it's, it's an incredible uh, responsibility, and it's uh, too important for us to go into that by ourselves. We mm. need, to be, need to be working together. Mm. Wow. I feel like we could go on and on and on. We love talking about this. But we are just so glad that you've joined us for today's episode. It was such a great conversation. Hopefully you don't tell everybody about our embarrassing story at <laughs> the beginning. I think we just did. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, hopefully they don't, no. you know. <laughs> oh, we're it's so... in print. It's it's in the book. So That's it's too true. Late now. That's yeah. true. Don't forget everything we've talked about. And if you want some more examples and just more in-depth content around this topic, it's all in our book, For Better or for Kids, A Vow to Love Your Spouse with Kids in the House. Again, we're so grateful you've joined us. If we have haven't met yet, we want to get to know you. So be sure to follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. Um, we just, we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. All of the show notes, everything we talked about will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. All right, friend. Well, we will chat soon and we hope you have the best week.